All right, so over the past few weeks, Pastor Neil has been uh, talking with us about how uh, we are led by God's Spirit and, and how we, we hear from God through the Spirit and, and how we are three-part human. Do you all remember the, the three-part thing? Can you remember what the three parts were? Spirit, soul and body. Very good. Okay, so the body is our, is our flesh, it's our human form. Our soul is our, is our human desire, it is our human mind, it is our bank of, of knowledge um, and our spirit is what happens when we are born again, when we accept Christ into our lives. God gives us the gift of his spirit and it is our godly influence and it's our godly conscience. And uh, over the past few weeks, Neil has been challenging us to, to train ourselves. And I think that's what every, every Sunday is about, isn't it? That we come and we, we learn and we grow and, and we train. Um, but specifically pointing out taking time to train our spirit. You know, in, in the world that we live in, we spend a lot of time on our body, on our image. Well, some of us do, I don't. But, um, yeah, anyway, we'll move on from that. Um, you know, we, we spend a lot of time on our, on our physical appearance. We spend a lot of time on acquiring as much lot knowledge as we can. We work on our minds so that we can be the best we can in our chosen profession. And uh, I think sometimes we, we neglect and we need to pay attention to training up the spirit in us. And, and that's really what, what Neil's been challenging us with over the last few weeks and, and uh, in 1 Timothy 4.8 he made mention of the fact that it says physical training is good but training for godliness is, is much better and promises benefits in this life and in the life to come. And uh, as Lisa already read this morning from Romans 8, just want to grab verse 5 of that which says those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. I just love that, that verse and, and the way that when we train up our spirit, when we allow the Spirit to, to lead us, rather than allowing our own desires to lead us, that it actually enables God's Spirit, His Holy Spirit in us, to in fact dominate the sinful nature and the human desires that we might have and live a life that pleases God. So this morning we're going to continue to look at, look at that whole process and, and being led by the Spirit and hearing from God and the ways in which God speaks to us. And before we can do that, I just want to remind us that God is all about relationship. He must be all about relationship. As we heard this morning in the, in the communion message that... that God sent his son Jesus to die for us on the cross so that we can enter into relationship with him, with God. And I'm sure we can all agree that if you want to have a good relationship, there needs to be some form of communication. Um, If we look at the example of a husband and wife, you can't expect to have a good husband and wife relationship, also known as a marriage if you never speak to each other. And in the same way, it's not going to be good if you've got a dominating husband who never allows his wife to speak or a nagging wife who is just constant 
and there's that one-way communication. And I think I've been really challenged by that as I've been preparing this week, that it's, it's, we need to be very mindful that God wants to communicate with us and it's not just a one-way street. You know, and so just as in any relationship, as in a marriage relationship and in family or, or just even friendships, there needs to be good communication in order for it to be workable, doesn't it? Like you can, you can go to work and you can not talk to anyone and you never get anything done and things just don't work. And communication is a really vital thing in all relationships. And so in order to have a good and healthy relationship with God, we need to be in communication with him. We need to be talking to him through prayer and, and just through the things that we do every day. But we also need to be hearing from him and we hear from him through his word and, and through him actually speaking to us and through the spirit. And, you know, some, some might think, oh, well, I don't, I don't have the spirit. I don't hear God talking to me. But I want to challenge this this morning again, that when, when we enter into relationship with God, when we believe that Jesus is our saviour and we invite him into our hearts to be ruler of all our lives, we receive the Spirit. In Ephesians 1.13, it says, When you believe in Christ, when you believe in Jesus, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit. Note that it doesn't say, when you believe in Christ and then you read the Bible from cover to cover and you attend church for 10 years and you get involved in morning tea and uh, doing the sound and being involved in the worship, that then you receive the Holy Spirit. Right from dot, when we believe, we receive the Spirit. And I came up with this little ditty that I would like to share with you, that said, I actually wrote it out, and I thought, oh, that's quite good. (laughs) Just, when you believe, you receive... It's not something that's achieved. Very good. When you believe, you receive. It is not something that is achieved. Do you understand that? Do you understand that we all have the Spirit when we invite Christ into our lives? It's not something that we have to work for and it's not something that God gives us to us in little bits and pieces either. It's a whole measure of His Spirit in us. It fills the entire void that we have in us. We are designed to have relationship with God. We are designed to have His Spirit in us. And so this morning, I just want to spend a little bit of time on looking at how God communicates with us and how He leads us. And um, to begin with, I want to start in the Old Testament um, and I'm going to read from 1 Kings 19. And 1 Kings is a book in the, in the Old Testament and the story we're looking at is about the prophet Elijah and uh, when we, where we, we're starting from, he's actually holed up in a cave on, on the top of Mount Sinai and he's fearing for his life. And there's a whole heap of stuff that happens in just the f- chapter 18 and, and the first part of 19 that happen that just like sort of blow your mind a little bit. And I encourage you to take some time to actually read it through, but I just want to give you a quick rundown. I'm going to give you the Matt's version of what's going on here. So... In, in chapter 18, there's a, there's a drought going on. Um, the king at the time is King Ahab. He's the king of the Israelites. And uh, Elijah is, is one of God's prophets. And, uh, and King Ahab is married to Queen Jezebel. 
who is a foreigner and she um, has brought her own religion of Baal into the, into the uh, country. And so people are getting confused and they're turning away and they're worshipping Baal. And, and God instructs Elijah to take on these 450 prophets of Baal. And so you, you're probably familiar with the story. They both build altars. Um, Elijah challenges them to call on their god Baal to bring down fire and burn up the, the uh, sacrifice. And they spend a full day and uh, cutting themselves and so on and nothing happens and Elijah instructs them to then pour water all over the altars and all over the wood and all over the sacrifice bulls and stuff and then he says God come down and burn it and God comes down immediately and burns everything including the dust. Wow. And then just because it's Old Testament and it's really lovely he grabs he captures the 450 prophets with the help of the Israelite spectators are there and he takes them off to a valley and executes them all. Anyway, so I mentioned before there's a drought going on. There's a drought that's been going on for three years and God then instructs Elijah to tell King Ahab that rain is coming. And so Elijah goes up on top of a mountain and he starts to pray and he prays and he sends his servant off saying, go look and see if there's any clouds coming. There's nothing. And he does this seven times. On the seventh time, there is a cloud over the sea that is the size of a fist. And Elijah says, go and tell King Ahab to get in his chariot and go home or he's not going to get there. And then the skies were filled with black clouds and it started to pour and God gave Elijah this special ability and it's just one little verse and it says, he tucked his cloak into his belt and he ran all the way home in front of the chariot. Now, if a chariot is going full out, it's got a horse on the front, that's pretty amazing. Exactly, the flash. Marvel ripped it off. So that's just happened. So then King Ahab gets home and he's just like, wow, God is amazing. And so he goes and tells his wife, Queen Jezebel, about all the things that have gone on, that Elijah has killed her 450 prophets. And so she gets a bit angry and she says, I'm going to kill you. And so Elijah gets scared and runs away. That sounds fairly familiar for most of us, doesn't it? You know, we get scared about something and we run away. It might not be someone trying to kill us, but... And so he runs as far as he can until he's completely exhausted and he passes out under a tree. And uh, an angel wakes him up and gives him some food. And then he goes back to sleep again. And then the angel wakes him up and gives him some food and says, eat this, you're going to need it for your journey. And then he gets up and he travels for 40 days and 40 nights on that food, to Mount Sinai and hides in a cave, which is where we are now. So this is where I'm reading from, okay? You got it? Understand? Very good. Okay. So 1 Kings 19 verse 9. And there he came to a cave where he spent the night. And the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? <sighs> He's just gone all that way and... Nah, And Elijah replies, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, they have torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets, and I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. And so God says, go and stand out on the mountain before me. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and there was a mighty windstorm that hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that rocks were torn loose 
but the Lord was not in the wind. And the wind, and after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and he stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And then again, Elijah repeats the same thing that he said before, that everyone's after him, that he's the only one left, they're going to kill me. And then if you continue to read on, and I challenge you to, I encourage you to do that this week, God then lays out his plans about how he is going to protect Elijah, how he's got people to raise up who will protect him and he sends him back to where he's come. You know, Elijah was was able to to recognise God's voice because he was in relationship with him And, and we could see through those stories there was constant communication. You know, God was telling him to go and take on the the the, uh, the prophets of Baal. He was telling him to go and pray for rain. And God spoke to him in a whisper. You know, despite all of the other amazing things that were going on, the noise and the strength of the wind, the earthquake, the fire, God chose to speak in a whisper. And I wonder how often we um, might find ourselves expecting God to speak and, um, you know, we're anticipating him and we're expecting him to reply or even just to speak to us and begin a conversation with this amazing and significant moment and we're so busy looking for all of that or we're so wrapped up in, in the stuff that's going on around us that we miss um, the whisper of God and his spirit talking to us because he's speaking to us quietly in a whisper or perhaps because we're in a place where our relationship with, his, with him is such a way that we don't recognise his voice. You know, so how is God communicating with us and, and how are we allowing the Spirit to lead us? You know, there are lots of different ways that, that God will speak and lead to us. And, and you may remember a few weeks ago that, um, that Neil asked if there was anyone willing to, to share how God was leading or speaking to them. And so this morning, we have the privilege of hearing from a couple of people who have said they'd like to come and share. Well, actually, I asked and they said they'd like to come and share. <laughs> and um, they're just going to talk about the ways that they have experienced God communicating with them. So first of all, I want to ask Kathleen to come up. Thanks, Kathleen. A couple of months ago, I was in a very sad, sad place and um, I was in bed. I was trying to go to sleep and I just had all this stuff going on in my head and I had this overwhelming sense of being alone and I was feeling really sad and I was feeling really broken and I was crying and, and I just cried out to God and I just said that I didn't want to be alone. And his voice answered me and he said, you're not alone, I'm here with you. And he said, "Um, we had this bit of a conversation and I I don't remember the whole thing because it was just, I just felt comforted. 
and it felt like he was sitting on the edge of my bed and just comforting me and just saying, you're not alone and I'm never going to leave you. And um, it was just reassuring. And I was able to go to sleep and um, I knew that I just had to keep trusting him. Awesome, hey. And um, now, um, Andrew, Dad, come on down. Thanks, Matt, my son. It's nice to uh, for the old man to be here. Yeah. Um, I'm absolutely blessed. Um, I feel as if I, I mean, I know I do, have conversations with God all the time. And one of my, my prayers every day is, God, let's walk this day together and let's just talk to each other. And I've just been blessed out of my socks. I um, really want to just tell you uh, I was going to tell you three short stories, but I'll see how we go. Um, <laughs> just of God talking to me, and, and it's, it's wonderful. One, one, one time we were driving home uh, from down south, and we stopped at uh, Elsie National Park at Mataranka, and uh, in the morning my lovely wife told me that I could go fishing, so I did that, and then I was fishing and... Um, uh, I didn't have my sonnies with me, and so she brought my sonnies along and and gave them to me, and the fish were not biting very well, so we decided to just go for a walk along the river. Lynn had her camera with her, and uh, and I was going to take a few photos, and, and it's a digital camera, and I can't see the back of it when I have my sonnies on. So I took my sonnies off and put them down on the ground and, and took a few photos, and then off we went back to the car and then we were packing up to go home and uh, Lynn said, as always, Andrew, do you have your sunnies? Um, yeah. I've got to say, while I was walking back to the car, I heard this voice saying, you know, it would be a real pain if you had to go and get new sunnies. And uh, so we looked everywhere for my sunnies and then I thought, I remembered that voice. And I was sure God said to me, you know where you took that photo? Go back and get your sunglasses. So I did. And there they were. It was just amazing. And God said to me, don't just trust me in small things. Trust me in all things. Hmm. When we got home, the first thing I noticed was pump the pressure pump on our rainwater tank was running and that's disastrous because um, there was no one there and uh, um, and so I quickly went around and checked all the taps there were no taps running and I thought um, I'll just oh, I didn't know what to do and I looked everywhere couldn't see any leaks I wondered if the pump was broken and just kept running and wasn't forming pressure but no that didn't seem to be the case Anyway, so I actually prayed about that and, and uh, I realised I had to dig a pipe up and find out but I wasn't quite sure where. I'd had a little bit of trouble with the pipe going right into the house to start with and, and so I thought, well, maybe it's around that area but the original pipe ran under the pavers and there was cement on top of the pipe and under the pavers so I couldn't dig it up. God told me, 
very clearly, just in a quiet voice, just make a new connection. Dig from the pavers out along and join it up to the, to the tap again. What? But I, there was no evidence there was a leak there. So I did it. And then I turned it on again and it all worked. It was amazing. And I was just so grateful to God for, for that. Now that might just be a small thing, but it was huge actually. And I just uh, praised God for that. And do you know what God said to me? Don't just trust me in small things. Trust me in all things. And without going too long, I just want one, one, one more story. I was, I was entrusted with the church keys. <laughs> 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 it was about the same time that Neil Wright lost his car keys. Yes, anyway, but I was entrusted with the church keys. And, of course, the church keys are not really just church keys. They're... School keys. Mm. <coughs> One day, um, Matthew asked for the, his keys back, and I I went to find them, and they weren't there. I didn't have them, and I was really a little bit concerned. And you know, when you get concerned, as Matthew was saying, when you get concerned about things, you don't really think things through properly, and seems to be crazy. But you know, God was with me. And we had a conversation about it all. Anyway, but did I listen to him straight away? No. I went and I, I went back over all the things that I had been doing. I think I had the keys in my man bag for some of the time anyway. But uh, <coughs> and, and we had just been to an open garden and, and uh, walked around a 20-acre block at an open garden. And I thought, oh, no, have I dropped them there? So I rang everybody related to that and told them my story and then I and one of the ladies was a lovely Christian lady Jan and she said perhaps you ought to pray about it Andrew so I did anyway and I prayed about it and then I went over everything that I'd been doing in the last week trying to find these keys and couldn't find them of course we turned the house upside down and then I know it was God the Holy Spirit said to me you know, you went to the hockey at Marara Stadium on the Wednesday night and saw Australia play New Zealand women's match, and that was really good. Why don't you give the hockey stadium a ring to see if your keys are there? Come on! I didn't even think I had them with me. Mm. And while we were there, um, we actually shifted places and I, we had chairs and I had my little man bag and all kinds of things, and I just must have just tipped them out and I rang the hockey stadium on the Monday and believe it or not the groundsman had been on around on the Thursday night Thursday morning after we'd been on the Wednesday and found some keys wow that was just amazing because the amazing thing was God actually told me they were there and there they were and do you know what God said to me don't just trust me in small things Trust me in all things. And that is just, it's just amazing to know God is with you the whole time and in all things. I've got lots of other stories I could tell, but I'm not allowed to. Thank you. Thanks, Kathleen. Thanks, Dad. Hey, what? Oh, yes. Welcome, Bob.
About three weeks ago, I was uh, driving home and I got to my front gate and there was a um, one of the radio preachers on. I can't think who it was and it, it's irrelevant anyway. But I just heard a couple of people say that they heard God tell them something. I know this to be a fact. I know it to be true because God has spoken to me. And um, this particular preacher said, if somebody says to you that God has spoken to them in an audible voice, don't believe them. Well, I prayed for that person because I know that uh, there's a great number of chapters in our Bible we're going to have to rip out and throw away <laughs> if that be the case. So um, praise be to God. Amen. Thanks, Bob. It's awesome, isn't it, to be able to hear what's going on and... Um Oh, wow. You guys right? You comfy? Yeah. Do you need to stand up and have a shake around? A few people went a bit longer than I anticipated. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I want to I actually just tell you a quick story as well, so just, <laughs> just hang in there. So um, for me, at the end, at the end of last year, um, I found myself in a place where things were fairly overwhelming. There was just lots of stuff going on. We had a, had a new baby on the way. We had, uh, I had lots of work stuff going on. There was a whole heap of questions. We are in the process of, of looking at buying a house, moving house, and deciding on whether or not we would, uh, you know, sell our current one or do, you know, we are going through financial advisors, and I really don't like money. And so I was overwhelmed with what was going on in my life and um, I've taken to um, just nipping down to the local boat ramp, five minutes work right, drive from my work um, on the way home to um, one, try and catch a million dollar barra, which I haven't been successful in yet. Come on, God. <laughs> and um, you're all witnesses, okay? We've got to build a church over there and we need some money. Um, Sorry, that was... Where was I? Okay, so... <laughs> so I head down the local boat ramp after work and I just stand on the rocks and I flick my lure and I watch the world and, and I clear my head and I sometimes get a bit frustrated and I yell at God, and as you do. And so this particular day I was there and I wasn't actually doing a lot of fishing because I was quite overwhelmed and I was just firing question after question after question at God. What's happening with work? What are we doing with this house? How am I going to survive with another baby in the house? <laughs> I wanted a baby, don't get me wrong. <laughs> you know, it's when you find out, you, uh, those who have had kids, you find out you're pregnant and all of a sudden it's like, hmm. You know, it's not something you can just take the puppy back to the shop. Or, uh... <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. And so, but you know what I mean? Like, you, have you ever found yourself in that position where you're just, it's just question after question after question? And I don't want to offend anyone, but I heard a voice that just said, Shut up! <laughs> and that actually frightened me. I turned around and there was just no one. I was standing out at the end on this mud bank, there was mangroves, there was no one around. I'm like, oh. I actually recognised the voice. I knew it was God. And so I just shut up. And I thought, oh, yes, he's going he's to tell me. <laughs> and so I was quiet. And there was silence. And there remained silence 
but I had an overwhelming sense as I stood there on the end of this mud bank, watching the waves and the little crabs crawling amongst the rocks and the mangrove trees and the birds and just the way that everything just fit, that God had everything in control. God is in control of all things. You know, he wants us and he wants to speak to all of us. You know, can I just clarify this morning that there is nothing extra special about me, there's nothing extra special about Kathleen or Andrew or Bob in what we've shared this morning. But isn't it great to be able to share together and hear the testimony of what God is doing and encourage one another and I think we should be doing that more. And so I encourage you to, you know, if God's speaking to you, share it. Tell people about what God is doing in your life. You know, God wants to be our provision. He wants to be our comfort. You know, he wants us to trust him in the small things and in all things. You know, Matthew six twenty six, it says, Look at the birds, they don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, but their heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable than him, than they are to him? And then further on in Matthew 6, it says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need and so that you don't need to worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Seek first the kingdom. Seek it above all things. You know, I love what it says in the message. It says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what you may or may, what may or may not happen tomorrow because God will deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. I love that. Give your entire attention to God. Little things and big things. You know, as we talked about already this morning, it's so easy to give our attention away from God to the things that are going on in our lives, just like what I was talking about when I was so overwhelmed with everything that was going on. And it wasn't that my attention was being drawn away, but that I was just not ready to listen, not ready to hear. I was too busy speaking. And so are we distracted from hearing what God wants to say to us? It's my prayer this morning for all of us that God has our attention. And God's Word, you know, the Bible is such a vital piece of that process, part of that communication process. It's such an amazing gift that God has given for us to be able to, to read passages, some that we may have read a hundred times before and, and God will jump out and He'll give us fresh revelation of what that's about. You know, God's Word is, Hebrews 4.12, God's Word is alive and powerful and it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. So true. You know, and, and that was one thing that jumped out at me in this, in this last week, just reading through these, you know, Neil used this verse a, a couple of weeks ago and, and just that point where it says, cuts between soul and spirit. I'd never really understood what that meant. Yeah, I knew, I I sort of understood that it's sort of so sharp that it divides and it doesn't leave anything behind and it can distinguish between different parts of our body but the fact that the soul is our human desire and the spirit is our godly desire, it makes it so much clearer, doesn't it? That reading God's word 
we'll be able to separate even our innermost thoughts between that and what God wants to do in our lives. With such clarity, there's a crispness there. It's so important that we regularly turn to God's Word. You know, as I was preparing for the message this morning, I had on my heart the the passage we read earlier from from Matthew 6 about God being our provision and, and seeking Him. And for the life of me, I could not remember where it was. And uh, anyway, so I turned on my handy little iPhone that's got the Bible app on it because it's got a search feature on it. And I opened it up and lo and behold, right there, verse of the day, Matthew 6, 34, the exact passage that I was looking for. Thank you, God. He can even use technology. You know, God wants to communicate with us and He wants to lead us. And it's, it's a two-way thing. It requires us to listen and it requires us to seek Him. And if we're going to be led, another part of leading is that we have to act, which is a bit scary. You know, we have to move. You can't be led somewhere if you're just standing still. And so go, going forward from this week and out, I, I just, it's my prayer that we, we would be focusing our entire attention on what God has for us, that, that we move forward, that we don't remain stagnant, that we step into the things that, that He's directing us to, that we are silent long enough and that we're in His Word enough that we can hear His whisper, even if there's earthquakes and wind and fire and all of the other things going on around us, that we could recognise God's voice speaking to us. So this morning, if you are seeking direction, if you are, if you are needing guidance if you need his comfort or you need his healing, if you feel like you aren't hearing from God and you want to be, I would love to be able to pray with you this morning and the front here is open. And I'd like, yeah, I'd just love to be able to pray with you with the, the other elders and stuff, so come if you, if you want prayer. Um, I'm going to just invite the, the worship team to come back up now and we're going to spend a bit more time in worship. And again, I just invite you to come this morning if... If you need prayer, if you want prayer, if you don't want prayer, come as well. So before we worship, let's, let's just pray together and then we'll, then we'll worship. So God, we just, we just thank you again this morning for who you are. God, I just thank you that, that you are not distant and that you are not unaware of the circumstances that we're each going through. God, I thank you that, that you have given each one of us who has committed our lives to you your Holy, uh, you've given us your Holy Spirit and yeah, I just thank you that you want to be in communication with us, that you want to be involved in, in every part of our lives. God, I pray that you would help us to give you our full attention as we go from this place and out into the weeks ahead. God, I pray that, that we would be ready to hear your whisper but that we'd also be ready to recognise you in significant as well. God, I just thank you again for your love and for your, your grace and your mercy and your patience that you pour out on each one of us. Amen.